Welcome everyone, this is the Discover It podcast. This evening we're going to have Debbie Hill, she's going to be talking a little bit from her experience on fear and how it affects our lives. Welcome to the call this evening, Debbie Hill, take it away. Thank you so much, Ray. Have you ever thought you were destined for something so big you can hardly imagine how it could be or how you could get it done? Well, last night, Paul and I were talking about the differences in me over the last nine months since I started working with him. We talked about how I interact with my it or my internal thoughts and how I deal with the fears around my it and how I overcome those fears. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about the principles that we learn in Discover It, Your Invisible Power, and how they are actually working in my life. And I'm going to share with you a very large project that's very important to me that I'm working on. In the past, whenever I had an idea for a project, I would start working on it in my head, and I would plan and I would strategize everything in my head. I would look at each piece and try to figure out how that was going to fit in my project. And I would get so excited about each idea, and it brought me tremendous joy to think about and to plan these various pieces and strategize all around my project. It made me feel very invincible. And eventually, I would want to share this with my family and my friends because I thought it was a brilliant idea. And my advice to everybody else is, don't share with your family and friends. They mean well, and they call themselves devil's advocates. And I used to blame them, and I used to think that they were the ones that were killing my dream. But now I know that it was really someone else. It was me. It was my it or my internal thoughts. When friends and family didn't see the brilliance of my idea, I would begin to question and doubt myself. I doubted the validity of the idea, but most of all, I doubted myself and I questioned my thoughts, my abilities, my education, my actions, pretty much everything. It was like somebody had just let the air out of my balloon. People who, would, who knew me would say, you get so excited about something and you work on a project and then all of a sudden you completely quit and look for something else to work on. This process has actually repeated itself so many times in my life that I finally quit talking about my dreams and, I, and my thoughts and I rationalized that behavior by telling myself, No one's really interested in what you think or what you say. Once again, as I've said in past podcasts, I'm my own worst enemy. Well, I will tell you that that was in the past, and that was before I discovered it. Since I've learned the Discover It method, there have been many changes in my life. I realize now that the doubts and the fears I have are just my it trying to keep me small. My it doesn't want me to be the person that I was born to be. And because of that, he has complete control over me. 
Do I still have the fears and the doubts? Of course. But now I can recognize that it's my it trying to sabotage me. My it still tells me, what are you thinking? What makes you think you can accomplish that? You're too old. You don't have the skills. You don't have the training. Why are you risking everything when you know you'll fail? However, now I'm trained to recognize my it and realize that these fears are unfounded. I'm trained to use the three-step process, and I use it continually. So step number one, identify. That's just my it talking. Number two, confront. Is there any truth in what he's saying? Number three, be proactive. What can I do to protect myself, and what steps can I take? I use this formula continually, and it helps me overcome these doubts and fears. So now I'm going to share with you my biggest project of all. You see, I was raised on a family horse farm in Fredericksburg, Virginia. There were lots of animals on the farm, but mostly horses. Our family rode horses and taught other children to ride. Uh, We put on horse shows for the children so that they could show off their accomplishments, and we were very, very involved with the um, pony club. There were other joys living on the farm. We had a large garden where we learned to grow our own food. And all summer long, there were fresh vegetables available that we either um, ate or we would can them or freeze them for the winter. And um, we had a fruit orchard um, that we made pies and jams from. And I can remember as a kid, my mom would hand me a paring knife and a pot and would say, go cut some asparagus for dinner. Well, my parents sold the farm, and retired in Florida in the late 80s. And I tell you this to share with you that what I want to do is I want to buy the farm back and put it back in our family. And it's probably going to cost 1.2 to maybe even as much as $1.5 million. And even thinking about restoring the farm has my fears and my doubts working over time. It's too much. It's too big. It's beyond you. Where are you going to get that kind of money? How could it become a profitable venture? How can you make this happen? My it keeps begging me to stop, to give up, or to be reasonable. But every time I hit one of those roadblocks, I go back to my training. Number one, identify. Number two, confront. Number three, be proactive. And as I work through the formula, I take another baby step. Several baby steps are going to make a large step, and each step brings me closer and closer to my goal. You see, our family horse farm was always a place where family and friends came together to ride horses and to swim in the swimming pool We would eat apples and cherries right off the trees. We would grab a tomato or two from the garden on our way down to the barn, and we would fish in the Rappahannock River, those lazy, hazy days of summer. So 
So my idea is to make our farm a vacation farm where other families can come and enjoy the serenity of farm life for a few days at a time. And as I overcome my fears through the Discover It method and I take another step each day, I come closer and closer to the day that I will be able to have you join me on Tally Ho Farm and have your own taste of our family's farm life. Very good, Debbie. That was a good presentation. Thank you. It's pretty scary. Yeah. I know what you mean. I've been through a few stages up here in my lifetime. Carlson. Yeah. How has, uh, in the past few months since you've been in the journey of self-discovery, how has it uh, put fear into your life? Um, so the main thing that, that it does to put fear into my life is self-doubt. That is probably, like, like, like my biggest um, inconsistency in my life right now is just self-doubt because I'm doing like, like so many things right now to try and just grow up and and to just become an a an independent adult but like the little kid in me it is it, trying to to keep me dependent and and limited with my options when it comes to me growing up and one of its tactics is to use self-doubt and also the fear of failure because I used to always, um, yeah, I would basically reach for the stars, but every single time that I was, like, close to completing a goal, I would always make up, like, some excuse of why I'm, I'm not doing it or just some sort of justification to where it was it was limiting me to completing that goal. And the more that I did that, the more that, that I was just getting limited and and the worse that, that my self-doubt what it was getting. So like what Debbie said, um, using the three-step program, it like, really help, helps out a lot in my life whenever I... Um, apply it to my life, which I apply it to my life like almost every second of, of the day, basically. Because my my it is is ju- just trying everything in its power to just stop me from from becoming the person that I want to be, and from going to college and everything, and for trying to to pay for college and stuff like that. And my it has put in a lot of fears and just lies into my head to try and stop me. But because of that three-step program, I'm able to not have it affect me. Very good, Carlson. You've come a long way in the past uh, eight or nine months, that's for sure. Thank you very Thank much you. for sharing your your fears. Uh, Ray, you want to tell us about some of your fears in the uh, journey of self-discovery in the past nine years? Um, yeah. 
Um, I think fear is something that's always uh, trying to keep us from reaching for our goals. Um, in some way or another, it's all about facing those fears. I uh, One example of fear is uh, when we did a public speaking program, it was a public speaking club, and I had to go up and do an icebreaker speech. So simply going up to a group of people that are there for the same reason to practice their public speaking skills and, and to face their fear, not like it was for a job or, you know, any major presentation, but that fear, I had to grapple with it over the course of two weeks from the date that I planned to do it to the day I actually did it. And up until that very day, especially on that day, the fear was one of the strongest that I've ever experienced. But what I learned from that point and from that experience is, you know, facing those fears is the ultimate objective and you get the ultimate reward from from doing so. It's not really about eliminating fears, but facing them and dealing with them head on. I forget the saying, somewhere I heard something about courage and strength. And something about, I think, the, the person was hoping for courage and strength and to, uh, to avoid fear. They didn't want to feel fear. But someone told them that in the midst of fear is the only time that you can actually express courage and strength. So courage and strength doesn't mean the absence of fear or that you never are afraid, but it's the fact that when you are, you face it and do what you know is best for you anyhow, irregardless of that pressure to to retreat, to um, that flight or fight. You know, we typically feel the adrenaline and anxiety, which is related to a flight or uh, flight or fight system in us through evolution to address that threat. But when we use our courage and use our strength, we, like I said, we don't avoid the fear. We we face it and confront it. Um, some other fears I've had are just avoiding goals that I want to accomplish, things that I want to um, build in my life out of fear I've avoided them or procrastinated um, and addressing that, those things, becoming aware of where they're coming from gives you that, that ability to face them because you can't, it's hard to face something that you're not aware of and that you're not able to recognize. So that's some of my experience and I encourage everyone to, instead of trying to avoid fear or to run from it, that's what gives most of any uh, challenge the power over us is when we try to avoid it, we try to deny it, um, like to try to, to feel weak because you have fear is, it's, is a tool it will use to keep you in bondage to the fear because that's the real power that it, that it has is to, for you to feel that you're defeated because you're experiencing, you know, you're experiencing the, the emotion or the feeling. 
when in reality that's natural and we all do in some form the the key is to experience it and to overcome it so thank you Ray really appreciate your uh, uh, participating in uh, the fears that you've had would you say the most fearful uh, thought you've ever had was uh, getting up and talking to that uh, group at the uh, meeting that time in my experience yeah that's probably one of the most uh, intense moments of fear, especially that stretched over a, a two-week period. So, whereas you might be work, walking in a dark alley and you hear a, an animal, it, it can give you a, an intense sense of fear and flight-or-fight response. But uh, the thought of getting up in front of strangers and and giving a presentation and being, you know, feeling that I would be judged. And on the spot, I, it was definitely one of the most uh, intense feelings of fear probably in my life. Yeah, I remember the uh, the uh, feelings and the uh, looks you had on your face when you walked up there. When I was I was there that day that you did that. And uh, ever since then, it seems like uh, you've gotten over that fear of uh, talking to people. No, thanks, Ray. We really appreciate it. Is uh, Emily there? Yeah, I'm here. Emily, ever since you've been on the journey of self-discovery, what uh, fear has it really uh, tried to instill upon you? Well, mainly the fear of change and the fear of the unknown. Um, I think my biggest fear is... You know, if I'm to change certain person, places, or things, my fear is the unknown that I'll be left with nothing. I, I'll, it'll be an unknown territory, and I don't know where I'll be or what I'll be doing, or I'll just be alone if I'm changing things that I'm used to, that I, the known that I know, and I change these and what would be the bad people, places, and things. And that unknown is, um, that's my fear. I think that uh, if, if you keep on using the three-step program, it, it'll work out for you because uh, when, when you put yourself in front of people, places, and things and choose the things that are right for you, that are beneficial for you, uh, things work out very, very, very well for you. Appreciate your participation there. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Anybody want to uh, ask uh, Debbie or myself anything else before we get off the session this evening? Paul, I, I want to see if you would share uh, maybe some some fears over your you know you've had more experience with this program, <laughs> being the creator over the years with some of the things that especially back when you were just discovering it and how it affected your life, what's some of the biggest things that you've had to fight and to deal with uh, and overcome? Well, thank you, Ray, for, for asking me that. Um, pretty much all through my life, uh, coming up as a child, uh, I was put in fearful uh, situations wasn't encouraged or promoted very much on a personal level so throughout my whole life 
uh, up until, let's say, 16 when I joined the service, um, that was very fearful. Um, I, w I had no structure. No one taught me any structure in my life for the first 16 years, and and it it created a very strong fear of uh, going into the service. Once I went into the service, and I feared going to Vietnam and different situations I was in while I was uh, in Vietnam, and uh, getting married for the first time. That was very fearful for me. Um, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, maybe the first job that I had outside of the Army uh, when I was about 27, uh, very fearful because they wanted me to do things that uh, I wasn't used to doing, such as uh, I was in insurance and knocking on doors and meeting new people and presenting scripts to people on trying to sell insurance. That was extremely fearful. I remember the first day that uh, they put me out on the what I call the, the field, you know, going to uh, businesses and individual homes. I sat in the car for a whole day, not even knowing how to get out of that car and doing the first presentation that I suppose I have, have known. Uh, I just couldn't think of it. So after about a day's time, the next morning I went out and just mustered up the courage to go out there and present what I'd learned, the scripts, you know, what they told me to do, to say. And from that point on, once I did it, it seemed to be so easy after that, that uh, every day I went out there and said over and over and over exactly what I was taught to say, and things just started coming together. People started saying yes. And, uh, you know, further on, the first business I went into, um, that was very fearful. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't have any problems meeting people because, you know, not wanting to go knock on a door or meet a new person, I got over that. But throughout life, um, you know, uh, I think my first 19 years of my life was the most fearful. I almost, I think I was about... Uh, 45 years old, and I had an accident. A car uh, hit my car, and it put me in pretty bad condition. And I was worried about, uh, you know, surviving that particular accident. And that was an extremely uh, severe fear. Uh, but, of course, five or six weeks in the hospital and feeling better each and every day after I started recovering, you know, I overcome that. But uh, I've, I've went through a lot of fears in my life and overcome them by being persistent, uh, identifying the condition I was in and confronting it and decided I had a choice, either to make a choice that was beneficial to me or make a choice not to make no choice at all. And, of course, I tried uh, to do make the right choices so that my life would be but beneficial rather than allowing someone or some other people uh, to make choices for me. Um, when I first started coming in, about 25 years ago, when I first started coming in uh, life coaching, um, I feared uh, thinking that maybe I couldn't help others 
the way I had helped myself for the first 45 years through trial and error. But, of course, uh, being in sessions and, and help them to see their possibilities, I begin to see more of my possibilities as a life coach. And uh, not only have I helped others with sessions that I have given, but I've helped myself by learning through others how to help myself by helping them, you know, become the best that they can be. And uh, any questions and about my past 70 years? Well, I definitely appreciate uh, – I'm pretty sure that's very insightful for everyone to hear um, how you've overcome those things. And I've, one thing I like that I've learned from you is how – like you said, choice, um, even not making a choice is a choice, and that's one of its biggest tools to use against us is to get us to not make any choice and to think that we're buying ourselves time or, you know, avoiding having to face or confront a fear or something that's challenging to us but not realizing that that's a choice also. And if we're mindful of that, then we take the power back into our own hands to make the decision that's best for us. So I appreciate you definitely sharing your experience, Paul. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate you asking me because uh, I don't think I've ever shared that before with uh, with anyone. So thanks. I enjoyed uh, expressing that my thoughts and my feelings about that. Thanks, Ray. Anybody else uh, want to uh, ask anyone questions or anything before we get off the conference call tonight? All right, gang. We will see you all next Thursday night at 730 at 515-604-9530. Access code 655-145. We'll see you next Thursday night at 7.30. Thanks a lot now. Bye-bye.